this race is won, I will stand my ground where hope can be found. I will stand my ground where hope can be found. Oh, oh Lord, oh Lord, I know you hear my cry. Your love is lifting me above all the lies. No Welcome to church today. We're glad that you're here on this kind of uh, spring, yeah, fall, yeah, cool, damp day. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Tone. Give Tone a hand. He's such a servant kind of guy. You didn't turn my light on, though. <laughs> well, anyway, it's good to see you today. We don't have a new series we're starting. We kind of didn't get a series that uh, inspired by any a particular series, so we're just going to do a few sermons this month and pray and ask God to show us what He would have us to talk about this month. Have you ever faced a very difficult situation, and you just knew God could do something about it, but He didn't do something about it, and that confused you, and then you're likely 
then you very likely will relate to the story of the Old Testament uh, prophet Habakkuk. You know, you just knew that, that uh, you're going through a difficult time. You know God could do something, but God doesn't seem to do anything about it. And you're kind of confused about it. And that's right where Habakkuk was at uh, that we're going to look at today. We all face difficult times and we all have troubles in our life from time to time. None of us uh, are immune to problems. You know, sometimes we have this uh, misconception that if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, then I, I shouldn't have any problems in my life, but that's not true. So I want to give you this morning by starting with a top 10 list of things that uh, will let you know that you've got trouble. You have troubles when the candles on your cake set off your smoke alarm. You got troubles. People send your wife sympathy cards on your anniversary. Now, I was really wondering why Gay got all those cards, uh, and I didn't. Your wife starts charging you rent. That'll do it. A black cat crosses your path and drops dead. Now, that's when you know you're going to have troubles. Now, I used to be that guy. I used to X off the cat when they'd run across the road in front of me, and, and I don't know why I did that. But the pest, number six, the pest exterminator crawls under your house and never comes out again. <laughs> I've seen them under there. Number five, a copy of your birth certificate comes in the mail, Mark Noel, and void. You don't even exist. Number four, you see your stockbroker hitchhiking out of town. You know you're in trouble. Number three, your pacemaker only has a 30-day guarantee. You are in trouble. Number two, you wake up to discover that your waterbed broke, and then you realize you don't have a waterbed. <laughs> now that is trouble. Number one, you have to hitchhike to the bank to make your car payment. <laughs> That's when you know you're having a bad day. Today I want to spend a few minutes talking to you from the book of Habakkuk. Uh, J. Vernon McGee says the book of Habakkuk begins with a question mark and closes with an explanation point. In other words, uh, uh, in chapter 1 of Habakkuk, now I, I just want to encourage you, if you've never read the book of Habakkuk, it's uh, three chapters, it's packed full of good stuff. It's an exciting read. And I would encourage you to uh, go home today and, and take a look at it and just read through it. It won't take you very long. But in chapter 1, uh, Habakkuk peppers God with questions. I mean, bam, 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 bam. Uh, he, he asks God questions. How long, he says, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or, uh, or um, <laughs> sorry, or cry out to you, uh, 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 I cry unto you violence, but you do not save me. He continues to ask questions. He says, what do you make, uh, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? What we do is when life uh, deals us a bad hand, what do you do when life builds um, us a, let me pray. <laughs> Father, we come before you this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to be here, to stand before your people, Lord and to be able to share your word. I pray, oh God, that right now your Holy Spirit would fall fresh in you upon us, and God, that you would help me to deliver this message with clarity, and God, that you would open our hearts to receive all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what do you do when life deals you a bad hand, when things just seem to be falling apart, when nothing uh, makes sense to you? What do you do then? Do you question God? Do you do as Habakkuk did? Do you just start peppering God with questions? Do you, do you get angry with God? Or do you give up on God altogether and say, just forget God? Or uh, can you conclude that God doesn't know what he's doing? 
You ever told God, God, I'm just going to change course here because you don't know uh, what you're doing. Or, or that the universe has spun out God's control. And, you know, some people believe that God created all this and knit us all together. And then he set this world in motion and then he just took off. And some of you might believe that, that, that God uh, uh, of the universe has, is just spun out of God's control and he has no more control. But last week, Gay had an awesome message on faith. I was uh, in Myrtle Beach with 30 other guys and some of us on uh, the more spiritual guys um, that, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we went to a, uh, one of our condo rooms and we uh, were able to worship online. And man, what an awesome way, if you're not in town, uh, to uh, worship and be connected to what's going on back here at Salem Fields Community Church or to invite people that don't go to church somewhere. That could be their first step uh, to discovering God and, um, and maybe connecting with the church. But we watched Gay's message and worship there. It was, it was an awesome message. But during this message, we learned that faith is a firm belief in something or somebody without proof. I love that definition. We learned that faith is more than just believing and that we demonstrate uh, our faith with action. And many of you at the end of the uh, time together, you came up front and you put legs to your, uh, you put uh, legs to your faith you were, and you came to, up to the altar and, and were prayed for expecting that God was going to do something in your life. And so today in our scripture, Habakkuk makes one of the strongest statements of faith uh, that you will find in all of the Bible. There, there's not a stronger statement of faith found in the Bible. It's a book about faith. In chapter 2, he says, uh, the righteous will live by faith. And, and, and this uh, message is, is about taking uh, the faith that we have in God and living it out no matter what. Living out our faith no matter what. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. The Bible says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Have you ever been that afraid? Yet, he says, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The, solemn, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to new heights. So the book of Habakkuk is all about trusting God. It's all about trusting God. And most of us find it easy to trust God when things are going really well. I mean, people of great faith that I know have great faith when life is prospering, when everything's good, everything's smooth, uh, then we are, uh, it's easy for us to trust God when everything goes according to our plans. But the book of Habakkuk challenges us to put our trust in God when life sucks. You know, to put, our, to put our trust in God when nothing is going the way we had hoped, nothing is going the way we had planned, and it seems like life is upside down, Habakkuk says, that's when I want you to, that's when we put our trust in God. And when Habakkuk reached the end of the journey, he had moved from a place of doubting and questioning God to a place of trusting God no matter what, no matter what. And that no matter what uh, was a serious issue for Habakkuk. 
uh, far more serious than uh, most of the issues that we deal with daily. God had revealed to Habakkuk that his country was about to be invaded, uh, looted, and ransacked. And, and he uh, and his people would lose everything they worked for. I mean, they had worked for years, and they, were, and they had, uh, had um, things going on good in their life, and God was saying to them, that's all going to change. Everything in your life is going to fall apart. It would be all gone. Now, that's a whole different matter than trusting God when we need to get home on Friday evening for something important and we're stuck in traffic or when we had a bad day at work or a bad day at school or even a bad day at home. The book of Habakkuk challenges us to learn to trust God no matter what. He challenges us to trust God no matter what. Let's put the, what's happening in Habakkuk's day in terms of the day. Let's say the United States uh, uh, is invaded and conquered by ISIS. I mean, all the threats and all the warnings and all, and they finally move into America and they conquer us. How would that affect your trust in God? You know, is your faith strong enough to stand up to that kind of trial? Can you still rejoice in the Lord if you lost everything? Can you still rejoice in the Lord when you lose your job, your home, your family, your finances, your children, or your health? Can you still rejoice in the Lord? Is your faith strong enough to trust God no matter what? I mean, you made a statement of faith, some of you last week, I believe maybe we were here and online, and you made a statement of faith saying, God, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to put my faith in you for something in my life, and I believe you're going to take me on a great adventure. But what if that great adventure doesn't go to the place you want it to go to? What if that great adventure leads you to trouble in your life? Will you still trust God no matter what? Well, how do you trust God during the most difficult times in your life? From Habakkuk, we can learn three things uh, that we can do to strengthen our faith, three things that he did to strengthen his faith, even when he was facing the most difficult times in his life, the worst times in life. The first thing he did, and the first thing that you and I can do is wait patiently for God, even when you're afraid. Wait patiently for God even when you're afraid. In Habakkuk verse, uh, writes in verse 16, I heard and my heart pounded. In other words, he's saying, man, I heard what God's got planned. I heard what's going to happen in my life. And he said, and my heart pounded, my lips quivered at the sound, decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Now that is paralyzing fear. God had told Habakkuk about the coming invasion of the Babylonians. God had described the Babylonians' arrogance and their violence and the cruelty of these invaders in scary detail. And God also told Habakkuk about the great and awesome judgment that he would bring upon the Babylonians and, and indeed upon the nations of the earth that refused to submit to God. Habakkuk may even have seen all this in a vision. And he's scared to death at what will too, soon take place. His heart pounds in his chest. His lips quiver. He feels physically weak, and he's hardly able to stand. In America today, we live with the possibility of a terrorist attack. Every day on the news, we hear bits and pieces, and we hear threats, and we see that the terrorists have done something here or done something there, and there's this threat in America. 
Habakkuk wasn't just dealing with the possibility of a terrorist attack on his country, but with the certainty. It was going to happen. It was the certainty of an attack. He was so afraid that it affected him on a deep and even physical level. How do you deal? How do we deal with that kind of fear? How do we trust God when we're scared to death? Habakkuk says to wait patiently for God, even when you're afraid. He says, yet will I wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. He's saying, you know what? I know it's going to happen. I know they're going to invade us. I know they're going to destroy everything we've worked for. I am scared to death, yet I will wait patiently for the Lord has said that he will take vengeance on the Babylonians. And Habakkuk said, I am going to wait patiently. God had told Habakkuk that the Babylonians were going to invade. There was no stopping that. It was going to happen. But God also assured him that he was going to take care of the Babylonians for their sin and that he would ultimately deliver his people. And Habakkuk says, I am going to wait for that. I'm going to wait for that to happen. And so in the midst of his fears, Habakkuk chose to wait patiently for God. God promises us, folks, that he will give us peace when we give our worries and our fears to him. Philippians, Paul tells us in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If I were you, I would take the time to memorize that verse. I would put that in my heart when those times of fear would come, that you can say to yourself, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, you'll say, wow, how can I have peace at such a time like this? Because you put your trust in God. So how do you trust God during the worst times of your life? We wait patiently for the Lord, even when you're afraid. A second thing you can do is choose to rejoice in God, even when everything in life is going wrong. Look at verse 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. These verses represent the strongest levels of trust, level of trust that you will find in the whole Bible as a bucket determines to rejoice in God when everything else and life goes wrong. In my studies this week, I, I found three scenarios uh, written about this passage of Scripture by Ray Fowler that Habakkuk points out to us in these verses. The first scenario is this. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines. Now the blossoms on the fig tree and the grapevines on the vine uh, refer to things that you're trusting in uh, for the future. They're, they're, they're your hope for the future. They are a symbol of the hope to come in your life. It, it, it's just a blossom, it's just a flower, yet it's a physical sign that the figs and the grapes are coming. When you, have when you have blooms and flowers, blossoms and flowers on the vines, you know that figs are coming and the grapes are coming. But in this scenario, 
There are no signs for hope for the future. There's no buds. There's no blossoms. The fig tree does not bud. There are no grapes on the vine. There is no physical sign that these things will ever come to be in their life. Do you have hopes and dreams for your future? But no visible signs that they will ever happen? I mean, you've prayed and you've prayed and you've hoped and you've hoped and, you, and you've done all that you know to do and you have these hopes and dreams, but you have no visible signs that they will have it, ever happen. If you've ever prayed this, if you've ever prayed, please, God, just give me a sign. Please, God, just show me some hope. Give me some hope, Lord. Lord, just, just let me see that there's something good going to happen. God, please just give me a sign, some type of thing. Uh, uh, so that things are going to change. Lord, just give me something to hold on. If you've ever prayed that prayer, then you know exactly how Habakkuk felt when he prayed this prayer, when he, when he uh, wrote this uh, passage of Scripture. And Habakkuk, Habakkuk would tell you, when you have nothing to hold on for the future, hold on to God. And he's saying to us, that will be enough. That will be enough. Habakkuk says, trust in God no matter what. Though I have no visible sign of hope for the future, nothing physical that I can see or touch or grip, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. No matter how dark it is, no matter how gloomy it is, no matter how life looks, no matter if life is falling apart, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. I got to tell you, that's a hard one for me. That's a hard one for me when, when life is down on me and I don't know where to turn. It's hard for me to rejoice. So I'm not telling you that I've got this down pat, but I'm telling you that that's what Habakkuk teaches us, that when we are in trouble, that yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God, in God my Savior. The second scenario is this. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, you see, the olive crop and the fields refer to those things that you are trusting in the present today. Things that you have that you're holding on to and trusting in today. They are a symbol of your present resources. But in this scenario, what you're trusting in lets you down. What you're putting your trust in lets you down. The olive crop fails. The fields produce no food. They disappoint you. The idea is this, you have planted, you have cultivated the fields, you have worked the land, you have tended the crops, you've done everything you know to do, and now it's finally time for the harvest, and the crop fails. There's nothing. Nothing to show for it. The field produces no food. All that work, all that effort, and it all comes to nothing. I mean, you've worked faithfully for years, worked hard as you can. You've been faithful to your job, and, 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 and then the company lays you off. You lose your job, and you have no source of income. You invest your money in what looks like a hugely profitable investment, and the market goes bust. You put your hopes into your marriage or relationship, and all these years and all this time, it's falling apart. What do you do then? When all that you're counting on in the present suddenly comes crumbling down around you. What do you do when you suffer bitter, bitter disappointments in your life? Habakkuk says, you trust God no matter what. You trust God no matter what. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. 
The third scenario is this. They're there, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, you see the sheep and the cattle are symbols of your reserves. I got sheep in the pen, I got cows in the stalls. And they're symbols of, hey, I got some reserves. But in this scenario, you have no reserves to fall back on. There are no sheep in the pen, there are no cattle in the stalls. Or to put it in today's terms, today's terms, there's no money in the bank. It's gone. There's no more equity in the house. We've mortgaged everything we can out of the house and there's nothing in the house. Your credit cards are maxed out. There's no room. Your family and friends, they hide when they see you coming. And their automatic response is, no, I cannot. You've used all the resources that you have. There is nothing left. You've lost hope that it's ever going to change. What do you do when you have nothing to fall back on? Habakkuk would tell you to fall back on God. He would tell us, fall back on God, and he will hold us up. He will take care of us. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, what does he say? Yet. Yet. Even though I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. It's easy to trust in God when the fig tree is budding and there's grapes on the vines, when the olive crop succeeds and the field are producing food, and when you have plenty of sheep and cattle in reserve. It's easy to trust God. But are you really trusting God at those times? Or are you just trusting in the things that you have? Do you really trust God or do you only trust God when you sense that God is blessing your life? If you're not sure, maybe this will help you decide. Which would, you, which would make you feel more financially secure? Having a million dollars in the bank? That's a lot. Having a million dollars in the bank or having God, having a God who promises to meet all of your needs every day? What would you rather have, a million dollars in the bank or a God who says, I promise you that I will meet all of your needs, that I will never leave you nor forsake you, that I will be your helper in time of needs or here behind this door is a million dollars. We get to choose. If the answer is the million dollars in the bank, then you're not trusting God. But let me warn you, that million dollars can be gone just like that. It seems like a lot. But if the answer is having God who promises to meet all of your needs every day, then no matter what situation you're in, you can feel more secure than the person who has a million dollars in the bank. You see, that is trusting God no matter what. Habakkuk says, though you have no visible hope for the future, there's no sheep in the barn, there's no cattle in the fields or in the stalls, there's no buds on the vines, there's no grapes on the vines, he said, though you have no visible hope for the future and what you are trusting in the present has let you down, you have no resources from the past to fall back on, yet I still rejoice in the Lord. Still be joyful in God. Why? Because he is, he is God and he will deliver you on his time and in his time and he will not let the righteous fall. The Bible says he's never seen the righteous forsaking. Uh, the psalmist David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaking or their seed begging for bread. Choose to rejoice in God even when everything goes wrong. 
And then the third thing we can do is find strength in God to scale the heights even when we are down. Verse 19 says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to the heights. You see, Habakkuk had learned through these difficult times, he had learned to find his strength in God and not in his own resources, not in his own abilities, not in what he had in the barn, not what was growing on the vines, not what he had in the bank, but he had he had learned to find his strength in God. Habakkuk was about to go through some terrible times and, 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 and the thought scared him so much that the Bible says, as I've said earlier, his heart pounded and his legs trembled beneath him. Yet, as he rejoiced in God during the most difficult circumstances in his life, he found new strength from God to deal with the trials ahead. What kind of strength does God give us? Habakkuk compared it to a deer. He said, God makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go onto the heights. Have you ever watched a deer go up a hill? Effortlessly. He climbs and he climbs and he climbs, or she, to a new height, to a higher place, free, uninhabited, unrestricted, unafraid, free, full of confidence. She climbs to the heights. Would you like to be at a higher place with God? Would you like to be at a higher place with God if and when your life falls apart? If so, find your strength in God alone. Don't turn to anybody or anything else to lift you up when you're down. Trust God. Sometime, something's gonna happen that we don't like in life. Or it's already happened. And we have to accept the fact that the cat ain't coming home. It ain't going to happen the way that we want it to happen. It's not going to go the way that we planned or the way that we hoped for. In your life, it may be that even though my spouse said, till death do us part, it ain't going to happen. Even though I raised my kids to know better and they're making very scary choices now, even though I've prayed to... Uh, physically get better and it's gotten worse. Even though our house will not sell and time is running out, even though my finances are tough and my credit score is messed up, even though I don't like it, even though I don't understand it, even though I know God could do something about it and he should, but he has not done it yet. Yet, I will wait patiently for the Lord even when I'm afraid and I will choose to rejoice in God when everything in life goes wrong and I will find strength in God to go to new heights in my spiritual life. Even when I'm feeling really, really down. Even though I will trust in the Lord my God. Habakkuk's name means embrace. It means embrace. Even when you don't understand, embrace God. Remember to embrace him. And even though he may not change your circumstances, or he may, he will take you spiritually to a new place of trust, to new heights. I pray for every single one of us today that we will grow a Habakkuk chapter three kind of faith. Let's pray. Father, I pray that every one of us today will grow a chapter three, Habakkuk chapter three, kind of faith and trust in you. Lord, I pray that we will learn as people of God, if we are believers in you today, to place our hope in you, 
to put our trust in you when we're afraid, to wait on you, Lord, and to rejoice when nothing seems to be going right. And during those times, God, that you will strengthen us and that we will grow to a new place in our spiritual lives. Father, I just pray right now for every person in this room, those that are watching in the cafe or in the parent room or worshiping online, I pray, dear God, that you would raise us up to have a Habakkuk chapter 3 kind of faith where we trust in God. I pray, God, your Holy Spirit right now would fall fresh and you upon us. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you might say, buddy, I'm there. I'm afraid. There's no, there's no bloom on the figs vine. There's no money in the bank. Things are not going the way I planned. I'm feeling really discouraged today. But I'm going to trust in God no matter what. Would you just pray for me this morning? With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you would say, God, I acknowledge to you today that no matter what, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. Lord, yet I will rejoice. And I will find strength in you, God. With all of your heads bowed, and you say, buddy, will you pray for me as you close out this time together? Would you just slip up your hands, all of our heads bowed? Yeah. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the honesty. Thank you, Father, for the trust that those who raise their hand are saying, yet, Lord, yet, Lord, yet, Lord, I will wait patiently. Yet, Lord, I will rejoice. Yet, Lord, I will turn to you for strength to go through what's on my plate right now, Lord. I pray that you would wrap your loving arms of love and care around each one, God. Because, God, I, I just know that no matter how much we determine that's how we want to live our life. I know when the rubber meets the road, it's hard to rejoice. It's hard to wait. And God, we want to take things in our own hands, but God, we want to trust you today. And so God, I pray that no matter what today, for every person that raised their hand today, that no matter what, God, no matter what, you'll build an Habakkuk kind of faith in all of our lives. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we stand and worship together? Maybe you'd just like to come and pray today and ask God to give you strength to wait, to rejoice. You just want to come and pray about your situation. You don't have to. It's a good place to pray. God bless you.